Welcome to the podcast of the fabulous Las Vegas Rotary Club. My name is Michael Gordon, and I'm proud to serve as the 95th president of the greatest Rotary Club in the world. Our club serves our local and international community through a variety of projects, but our main focus is on youth literacy. If you're ever in town for either business or pleasure, we invite you to join us at one of our weekly lunches. More information about meeting time and location can be found at lasvegasrotary.com. Now, sit back and enjoy this week's speaker. This is really kind of a unique and a, and a fun opportunity for me. We talk about this town, no matter how big this town gets. If you've been here for a while, you grew up here like Chris Lolly did, this is a real small town. It's a real tightly knit. So you've all been able to read in the front page of the, uh, the wheel. You know, he was... You know, went to Loyola Marymount, he got his law degree, and so on and so forth. I'll let you live with that. I'm going to introduce him a little differently this time. I'm going to tell you a little story. Um, and it's because Chris and I go back over 30 years. He grew up with my kids. They all went to Bishop Gorman High School together. Chris would come over to the house. We'd had a lot of connections. A number of years ago, many of you remember a horrendous crime we had that took place out here at uh, State Line. A fellow abducted a little girl out of a, one of the, the uh, casino kids' areas and molested her, and he killed her. Fast forward, he is going to trial. Chris Lolly is the prosecutor. And with a case that had as much notoriety as this did, a uh, large jury pool, lots of questionnaires, so forth. At one point, the judge asks the pool of jurors, or potential jurors, if, they, if any of them had any compelling reason why they could not fulfill the duties of a juror in this case. And my wife looked around raised her hand and said, Your Honor, we have airline tickets, and they're due to, we're due to leave right about the time that the, um, that the trial begins. And the judge said, again, I ask you, is there anyone who has a compelling, obviously, her reason? So a day or two later, as is typically the case, the prosecution and the uh, defense get to query the different jurors, and it got to be Chris Lolly's turn. He got to Barb, hi, Mrs. Frazier, how are you? I'm fine, Chris, nice to see you. And how, how are the boys? How are Tom and Brent, and you know, they're doing great, at which time the judge's gavel, ma'am, you are dismissed. So thanks to Chris Lolly, our airline tickets did not go to waste. And now we have an opportunity to hear from a really great young man, grew up here in town, and is doing extremely well, a good friend, Chris Lolly. Well, thank you, Brock. Uh, those were the good old days when I was actually uh, in the courtroom and not uh, a, a bureaucrat like I am now and have to worry about budgets and all those sorts of things and uh, hiring people and, and all that nonsense. But uh, uh, 
It's an absolute pleasure for me to be here today. I've never been at a Rotary meeting. This is my first one. Uh, this is a lot of fun, so thank you for the invitation. Um, I wish the district attorney could be here. He wishes he could be here. Unfortunately, he had a conflict, and so you're stuck with me. Um, so hopefully I can, uh, I, I, I can uh, do well by him. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the district attorney's office. Um, I need to turn my clicker on. Yay, it's working. I haven't used this since I actually went to court and did trials. Um, this is an overview, a very high-level overview of the district attorney's office. And I'll start by telling you, we are the largest law office in the state of Nevada with the largest caseload of any law office in the state of Nevada. And we're the 13th largest prosecution office in the state of Nevada. I'm sorry, in the United States. 13th largest prosecution office in the United States. So uh, that's a pretty big office. So who, who, who is the Clark County District Attorney anyway? Who is this infamous guy? Well, he's kind of handsome, isn't he? He's a good-looking guy. Uh, Stephen Wolfson's been in uh, Las Vegas for many years, over 30 years. Uh, actually started in the Clark County District Attorney's Office. Uh, left, went to the dark side for uh, about 20-some uh, years. We don't talk about that. Uh, but he was a criminal defense attorney for many years. Uh, became a member of the Las Vegas City Council and was uh, eventually first appointed and thereafter elected as Clark County's 24th district attorney. Now, what does the district attorney do? What are his or her responsibilities? And, and when you think about the district attorney, what comes to mind? Anybody? What do you think about? Prosecuting criminals, right? Yes. Prosecuting criminals, we do that. And by statute in Nevada, that is one of the district attorney's responsibilities. Uh, but rest assured, there are more, and we're going to talk about some of those things. He is the public prosecutor of Clark County, by statute. But his or her responsibilities also include to provide legal counsel to Clark County. Uh, and we'll talk about that uh, uh, and some of the very, very interesting things that uh, we do in our office. And, of course, other duties as required by law. So throughout uh, our Nevada statutory structure, there are references to obligations of the district attorney and what the district attorney is required to do. Something as mundane as when a person uh, who is going to be mentally committed uh, to the Southern Nevada Adult Mental Health Facility, uh, that is required to be done by the district attorney. Uh, one of literally hundreds of responsibilities that this office of mine has to undertake by statute. Mr. Wolfson is required 
to oversee 730 employees. That is how big our department is. And depending on other departments and uh, various uh, in, in, uh, vacancies and staffing at the time, uh, we are about the third largest department in the county. It's not bad uh, supervising 730 employees. The bad part is what comes next, the 175 lawyers. Oh, boy. I mean, trying to supervise lawyers, it's, it's terrible. It's just absolutely terrible. The general structure of the office. So you have the district attorney, and then we have five divisions in the district attorney's office. We have an administrative division, uh, which you might imagine. Things like HR, IT, uh, all of those things that make that office grind, that make it work. Uh, facilities, for example. We have offices all over the county. We are in the government center downtown. We are in the, the regional justice center and in buildings, other buildings downtown. Uh, we are uh, uh, down in the family court center. So we are all over the place. Uh, in terms of where we are located, where our footprint is. We have a civil division. We have a criminal division, which of course is the first thing you think of when uh, somebody mentions the district attorney. But we also have a juvenile division and a family support division. And so we will talk about each of those. Let's talk about our civil division. The head of our civil division is county council. Our current county council is Marianne Miller. If uh, you are a total nerd like I am and you watch Channel 4, if you watch the county commission meetings, you'll see Marianne Miller advising the county commission. Uh, and uh, equally as challenging as managing 175 lawyers is managing those commissioners of ours, right? That's one of Mary's responsibilities. Our civil division is divided into three teams. We have a team that is devoted to property and growth. And our community is so unique uh, because of what is happening in this uh, town of ours, uh, this county of ours, the growth that is occurring. Uh, I am told that since uh, the Raider Stadium project has uh, become underway, uh, building costs have absolutely skyrocketed. Uh, any major construction uh, project, something as simple as is trying to get workers for that uh, is next to impossible. Uh, and we experienced this 10 years ago, 12 years ago, before we saw uh, the bottom fall out. Uh, property and growth team was very involved in, 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 in that period of time as well, in terms of zoning and all of the uh, legal work involved in that. When everything fell out, of course, the first thing you do is you call the lawyers, and our civil division is involved in that. So we have a team of lawyers in our civil division that is just involved with issues like uh, zoning, uh, property, land use, th 
things of that nature. We have a general counsel team. So our civil division is counsel to the county. We provide legal counsel to the county. So as Mary Miller provides legal counsel to the county commission, there are many departments in the county. The building department, uh, the, uh, uh, one of my favorites is the public defenders. So think about it. We're district attorneys, right? We provide legal counsel to the public defender's office. I mean, how do, how do you think that makes them feel? Makes me feel kind of good, but uh, they squirm a little bit sometimes. But it's the, some of the best uh, legal representation they can get. So it's this uh, general counsel team that provides legal counsel uh, to the various departments within the county. And then we have a litigation team. Yes, the county is involved in litigation. And our civil litigation attorneys go to court and do battle there. So some of the interesting things that our civil division is involved with that uh, you might have read it in the news recently is uh, all of the uh, ordinances related to marijuana, all being drafted by our civil division. Uh, the dispensary uh, ordinances, the growing ordinances, all being drafted by our civil division. You may re remember several years back, all of the litigation related to Lyft, Uber, and the ordinances related to that, all conducted by our civil division. Something that's going on right now is the Stadium Authority Board and all of the agreements that are being uh, drafted and put together. Uh, legal counsel to the Stadium Board is our civil division. So very, very important group within the district attorney's office, very, very active. Our juvenile division, second largest, uh, actually third largest division in our office in terms of attorneys. The head of our juvenile division is the director of DA Juvenile Division, uh, Bridget Duffy. We have two teams in our juvenile division, our uh, delinquency team. Think of our delinquency team uh, as those prosecutors who prosecute juveniles who commit crimes. So if I'm a juvenile, I go out and steal a car, I'm going to be prosecuted by our delinquency team. Except things are a little different there. The objective is we're not putting juveniles in jail or in prison. We're not punishing. The objective for juveniles is rehabilitation. We view delinquency as an opportunity to save these individuals so that they do not enter the adult system. The focus is rehabilitation, address their family life, Many of you might have heard of the Spring Mountain Youth Camp. Anybody hear of it? Has anybody been there to visit it? It's a wonderful place. It is a great place. And the whole idea of the Spring Mountain Youth Camp is not like a prison for children. It truly is a summer camp. The concept is these kids are in a terrible situation where they are, and we need to extract them from that. 
and put them into an environment where they can succeed. The whole idea is to create a winning environment for these children. The idea is to intervene and to help them. Certification. Certification is the whole idea of sometimes juveniles do something so bad, so terrible, they have to be treated as an adult. And we do certify juveniles in less than 1% of the cases that we receive. So it is a very, very small number. We also have a child welfare division. Uh, our child welfare division, along with family services, monitors approximately th uh, 3,350 children uh, who have been abused by their parents and are in need of some form of supervision. And this process can take, unfortunately, uh, several years to resolve. But fortunately, uh, the trends are that approximately 64% of these children, after some period of intervention, and it may be parents need parenting classes, uh, maybe they need drug or, or alcohol counseling, whatever it is, but approximately 64% of the time children are returned to their parents. 23% of the uh, time children are adopted and about 4% of the time uh, children are placed with uh, guardians, with a permanent guardian. Uh, it is very challenging, very sad, uh, very difficult work for our attorneys in the uh, juvenile division child welfare. Let's talk about family support. Family support is the largest division of the district attorney's office. There are approximately 300 employees in our family support division. The head of our family support division is the director of DA Family Support, Jeffrey Watoon. He is an attorney from, a uh, member of the bar here in uh, Las Vegas, originally from Milwaukee, so like myself, he is a Packers fan. Uh, so that is a definite plus for him. The whole idea of family support is to establish and or to enforce orders of support that are awarded in favor of custodial parents. So you have parents, there's a divorce or a separation, and somebody's ordered to pay child support, and they're not paying it. So family support intervenes and they get parents on the right track. That's the whole concept. Probably seven or eight years ago, we inquired, we said, hey, how are we doing in terms of everybody else in the country? How's our family support division doing in terms of collection? Wasn't a great report. In terms of the whole country, we we're 54th. Might ask, hey, Lolly, there's only you know 50 states. How can we be doing 54th? How's that work? You're bad at math. Well, that's true. I am bad at math. The reason I went to law school. Um, well, we were behind places like Puerto Rico. We were behind places like the Virgin Islands and Guam. Wasn't good. Fortunately, we have been able to turn it around. Currently, 
we are 23rd in the country. That is a significant increase in the efficiency with which we are running the Family Support Division. Currently, on an annual basis, we collect approximately $122 million for custodial parents. And of that money, approximately 95% goes directly to those custodial parents. So it is a huge, huge success story. So, Family Support Division. And yes, we do do criminal prosecution also. So let me talk to you about the division that I am a member of, our criminal division. Criminal division in terms of attorneys is the largest division in the district attorney's office. It is overseen by two assistant district attorneys, myself and another assistant district attorney, Robert Daskus, a much more attractive, more intelligent, more spelt-looking uh, individual than myself, I am sorry to tell you all. Our criminal division is divided into a number of teams. We have specialty prosecution teams and general litigation prosecution teams. So I'll spend just a little bit of time and sort of explain to you how these work. And I'm not going to go from left to right. I'm going to jump around a little bit uh, and hopefully it'll make sense to you. I'm going to start with support services here and case assessment. So in the district attorney's office, every single case that is submitted to us starts in the case assessment unit. This is a team of six attorneys who make charging decisions. They are the gatekeepers to the criminal justice system. And they decide whether or not we are going to prosecute a case. They review every single case. And you may ask, why? Why does every single case go through case assessment? You may remember a former district attorney by the name of Stuart Bell. Stu Bell radically changed the organizational structure of the DA's office, and he created a case assessment unit because he wanted continuity with respect to the approval of cases. Because if you had the different teams making those decisions, which was the case in the past, you may have a very aggressive team, and they're like, hey, we're going to prove everything. Everybody gets prosecuted today. Or if you had the case coming to another team, and it's like, eh, we got enough cases. We're going to deny a bunch of these things. People would be treated differently based simply upon where that case was tracked within the office. And Stu thought that was very, very unfair. So to create continuity, every case came through case assessment. If a case is prove, approved, we ask ourselves a question. Does it fit the criteria for a specialty litigation team? So let me tell you about the specialty litigation teams. We have a major violators unit. We have homicide prosecutors, gun crimes prosecutors, and gang prosecutors. These are specialty 
trained prosecutors who handle nothing but those proscribed types of cases. Homicide prosecutors, obviously death penalty cases, for example, very specialized. Gun crimes, maybe not so much, uh, but it is uh, a, a scourge on our community right now. Gang prosecutors. Gangs are very unique. Um, you look at me, I am two scoops of vanilla on a plain cone, right? If I were to listen to two gang members on a telephone call talking to each other, I wouldn't have the faintest clue what they are talking about. If I were to look at a wall and see some graffiti, I couldn't tell you the first thing about the significance of it. But our gang prosecutors could because they are trained in the speech of gang members, the color of gang members in terms of what they wear, the graffiti of gang members. It's all very important and it's all very significant. And we are much more successful in handling those cases when our prosecutors are trained in that culture. We have a special victims unit, physical and sexual abuse unit. They handle primarily the prosecution of cases wherein children are the victims of sexual crimes. So, again, a highly specialized unit, highly trained, whether it be uh, in computer-related crimes, uh, child pornography on computers, whether it be just in communicating with children, terrible things unfortunately happen to children, and the whole idea of getting a four-year-old, a five-year-old, to walk into a courtroom and tell a judge or a jury their deepest, darkest secrets of what has actually happened to them takes a skill set that most of us do not have. But our prosecutors on the Special Victims Unit Physical and Sexual Abuse Team have those skills. They have those skill sets, and they are very, very good at what they do. We have a DUI team and a domestic violence unit. We're going to jump over to our financial integrity unit. We have a bad check unit, bad check restitution unit. The primary objective of our bad check unit is not to prosecute individuals, but to obtain restitution. Our hope is that when you get a letter, if you have unfortunately written a check, uh, that, that is no good, or to our casino industry, a marker that is no longer being honored by your bank. When you get a letter from the district attorney, that means something to most people. And maybe that's what it takes to resolve the situation. The vast majority of our bad check cases are resolved before they go to prosecution. We have a major fraud unit. Two years ago, Steve Wolfson added a component to elder abuse. It is the first elder abuse prosecution unit in the state of Nevada where we have prosecutors who are now trained specifically in the prosecution of elder abuse. They also manage uh, our 
uh, grand juries. Last year, we went to Clark County uh, and asked them for additional funding. We have now raised the number of grand juries that we have to three, which is unprecedented in our community, but is a direct response to the violent crime that we're seeing here. We can move cases to district court much more efficiently. We also have a Haida team. Does anybody have any idea what Haida is? Haida is High Intensity Drug Trafficking Area. It is our drug team. And Haida is a designation by the federal government. The federal government has designated Clark County as a Haida and has therefore infused additional monies into this community to help us combat drugs. And we have Haida prosecutors to use all kinds of techniques to do that. And they take a lot of drugs off the streets, fortunately. And then we have our, well, let's not forget the criminal appeals unit, because once all of these folks over here are successful in getting convictions, it's our appellate unit that makes sure they stick, so they deserve a shout-out. But let me come back here to general litigation, because once case assessment approves a case, if it doesn't fit nicely into one of these little uh, teams over here, everything else just goes to a general litigation team. And the general litigation teams cover all of the courts that are in session every single day throughout Clark County. One other team I want to talk to you about, and that's our special assignments team. Diversion is very important to our district attorney. And when I say diversion, I am talking about what can we do for somebody short of prosecution. Many people have problems, whether it be mental health issues, whether it be drug problems, uh, whether it be drinking problems that cause them to commit crime. And the idea is if we address that underlying issue, maybe they're not going to commit crime anymore. So we have drug courts in Clark County. We have mental health courts. We have vets courts. We have DUI courts, which are diversion courts. And the whole idea is if we treat the problem, maybe you're not going to commit crime anymore. And among other things, uh, those special assignments attorneys uh, appear in our specialty courts. Where do we appear? Well, that's Nevada. This is Clark County. On any given week, prosecutors in the Clark County DA's office, in addition to appearing in the 17 floors of courthouses in the Regional Justice Center, we are appearing in Boulder City, Bunkerville, Good Springs, Henderson, Laughlin, Mesquite, Moapa, Moapa Valley, North Las Vegas, and Searchlight. We are very, very busy. I'm going to skip this because uh, I am running short of time. Uh, 
this sort of explains the role of the district attorney in the criminal justice system. Uh, but I'm going to skip over that. I'm going to go quickly uh, through this slide. We have a DA ambassadors program. It's very important to our district attorney that we are visible in the community. So our prosecutors are encouraged uh, to get out into our schools primarily, uh, whether it be Law Day, Nevada Reading Week. Uh, many of our prosecutors are involved in uh, the Nevada High School Mock Trial Program. I'm uh, very pleased to tell you uh, that our prosecutors who uh, coach at Bishop Gorin High School did win the, uh, the state championship, and they're going to be representing Nevada at nationals. So, yes, uh, we're very, very proud of them. Hot topics. I, I, uh, I've got three, but I think I'm only going to have time for this first one, and it, it could be the most important one. Jury service. So I can't tell you how many times people call me and they say, hey, Chris, I just got this jury summons in the mail. Can you help me? And, you know, there's always trials going on. Maybe some of you have read in the, in the paper, seen on TV. Our office just concluded a, a big one, the Solander case. case of uh, these parents who are doing just unthinkable things to... Uh, foster children who were placed in their home. Big trial lasted about six weeks. Um, what I want to tell you about jury service is most trials do not last for six weeks. They last, on average, less than a week. So I've got a little spiel that I tell people. You know, I've rehearsed it and I've thought about it. I, and I tell everybody when they say, hey, Chris, hey, just got this jury summons in the mail. Is there, is there something you can do to help me? And my spiel goes something like this. No. <laughs> I cannot tell you how important it is to our system that we have intelligent jurors who care about our community and who are willing to serve. People like yourselves, the very fact that you are all members of Rotary, tell me that you care about our community, that you care about other people, and all of you represent the kind of jurors that we want judging the evidence in our cases. So if you don't remember anything else about this short, fat Italian guy who came and spoke to you, remember this, the next time you get a jury summons in the mail, Call the number. Do your, do your duty. You are going to enjoy it. I have never met a juror after a trial who said this is an awful experience. I didn't like it. I hated it. I didn't want to do it. They have all said this has been an incredible experience. When I was a trial lawyer, I did homicides. Most of them told me it has changed my life. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not blowing that out of... Out of, out, of, out, of, out of proportion. They have told me it has changed my life. Many jurors still stay in touch with me. So I'm just telling you, do it. Do it. Be a juror. We need you. So thank you. Questions? Um, there's...
One question. A lot more crime than the others? No. It means, so we are a community of 2.2 million people. That's how big our county is. Uh, the size of our office, um, for the most part, coincides with the size of our community. So uh, crime rate is really not related to the size of our office. Oh, okay. Good question, though. That's it? Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you, Chris. And hold on. Um, Chris said he will stay afterwards for questions. If you want to speak to him, you can come up front here. So, Chris, um, to thank you for speaking to us today, I'd like to present you with our Share What You Can Award, where we will present a hot meal to a homeless vet in your name. So, thank you. Thank you. Oh, sure. Thank you. And the Rotary is like tennis. The one who serves best usually wins. Now go forth and make a difference. Thank you for joining us for another wonderful meeting of the Rotary Club of Las Vegas. If you're interested in membership or want to know more about our upcoming projects and speakers, please visit lasvegasrotary.com for more information. Now go forth and make a difference.